Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. We've done all the books. And now we're diving into the TV show. Join us every Tuesday for a new mission. And don't worry, we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. I read it at the same time I read the one about bees. The beekeepers. <laughs> my sister's beekeeper. <laughs> my sister's beekeeper. Oh my god. Um, Whatever the bee one was. I will always think of it as my sister's beekeeper. <laughs> beekeeper's wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my beekeeper's time traveling wife. <laughs> My zookeeper's beekeeper's sister's time traveling wife. <laughs> I'm so mad that that is not one of our universally liked episodes because I honestly think that's the funniest bit we've ever come up with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It's just because it's alternomorphs. I know it's alternomorphs, and I know that there's like a bunch of hosts, and I know that like because we recorded live, it, it kind of can be a little harsh in some places, but like. The mic setup wasn't. That- ideal either i don't think it's fine we had fun we had fun and the beekeeper's wife one was one of the fun (laughs) it's just one of the funniest fucking bits oh my god oh i read um the rest of the the meet the cast of the animorphs book oh yeah yeah tell me everything so like the first half is uh just like profiles on all the actors, like not all the actors, like the main five. Um, Paulo yeah. isn't in there at all, which kind of bothers me, but whatever. He um, doesn't even get a main actor credit in the credits. He He's like a recurring guest. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the first part's a little like, okay, you know, I, I guess this is interesting, but whatever. But then the second part gets more into like the animals and like where they came from and just like stories about them and like how the actors like dealt with them. And, and a little bit about, like, special effects and stuff and how they shoot things. Um, uh-huh. But, like, the animal stuff was really interesting, and I liked it. Okay. I'll have to I'll have to make some time to read it, I'm going to say. It is the month of October. I have zero extra time. <laughs> but I'm going to say it out loud anyways, I guess. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just a bird. I don't, I don't know, man. Just a bird. Oh, there's, okay. There's a really cute part, though, which I'll spoil for you. Um. Mm-hmm. So at the very end, they have, like, you know those, like, surveys we used to fill out being like, what's your name? What's your favorite color? What's your astrological sign? Like, if you could do yes. this thing, what would you do? Blah, blah, blah. Um, They have those for, like, each of the actors. And mm-hmm. under Nadia's, it has, like, her favorite actresses. And one of them is, like, I don't, I don't know who it fucking was, like, like, um, like, Reese Witherspoon or something. But the other one was Brooke Nevin. Aww. And I was like, that's really sweet. That is really sweet. Was Sean Ashmore's my brother? Not Sean. <laughs> oh, that was the other interesting bit. He talks about his brother and how they both got into uh, casting when they were really, really young. And they mm-hmm. went to this group that was for twins and like for parents that had twins. So it was like a twin convention. I don't know. But like <laughs> a twinvention? A twinvention? A twintervention? Um, a twintervention. <laughs> Sorry. But like um 
a lot of agents were going there looking for twins specifically because apparently twins are really desirable to film for things because of, like if one kid gets like upset or something they can just switch it out with their with their sibling yeah. um and so that's how they got scouted at a really early age and apparently they had to like like they were both so good that they had to like switch off who got roles because only one of them could really get the role and if if yeah. one of them was sick then the other would go sub in for him it was really interesting okay i here's this is the perfect time to bust out the other thing i know about casting so i have watched the show and did recently start watching again the show called the midwife okay so apparently there's like a whole studio whose job it is to find super premature babies that live oh because they need to film like the premature babies when they hit the age where like they could be born. Oh, yeah. So like there's this whole like weird like agency that just finds babies that are premature that they can use for filming on TV shows for like a week or two. Wow. I've always wondered how they did that. Yeah. Just find premature babies. Okay. That's so weird. That's someone's job. Oh. So, anyways, they were talking about it and, like, how, like, that's apparently part of the whole wow. shtick. Yeah. Because you can't take an actual newborn and they would look too big if they were an actual, like, if you waited to the point where you could get a newborn on set. Yeah, yeah. Because there are, you know, there are times where, like, a baby is quote-unquote born and they're, it's obviously, like, a three-month-old child and it's like, that's not yeah. real. <laughs> but, yeah. Yep. Okay. That's interesting i wonder how someone gets a job like that like yeah i'm a i'm a baby finder what <laughs> how good are you at breaking into hospital files oh my god <laughs> oh that's so weird interesting yeah like weird. i don't even those stats there's no way those stats are posted somewhere where like no somebody could poach them right no what do they just look for high risk pregnancies? I don't know. Oh my god. You're yeah, that is weird. I mean, obviously this isn't my job, so I don't know the ins and outs of it, but this is really interesting. Like, how do you get that job? Yeah. And do you get like the parents' permission to take the baby out of the the the, the baby cooker and, and put them on a set of a TV show? <laughs> I think they have to be like stable enough to go into the outside world because like they don't get like the preemies like right when they're born obviously it's like when they're approaching the age of like a, when they were supposed to be born so oh. I think they're stabilized by the like they're not gonna take them out of the baby cooker. I mean oh, okay yeah but like still you know they're still pretty vulnerable at the time that they're almost born oh yeah I mean you've got to imagine that they have to like be really careful on the set and like yeah. have a closed set so that like not just anybody comes through yeah and you probably only have like a limited amount of time to get the shot before you gotta put the baby back somewhere in the in the baby cooker, <laughs> in the, baby cooker. <laughs> the easy bake <laughs> the, the easy baby oven <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh my god <laughs> obviously we are very good at nursing we know a lot about babies yep. and a lot about casting yep. <laughs> we are experts in all of these topics clearly wowza <laughs> okay well uh, that was baby facts with I casey guess. and alex yeah
Oh, yeah. oh! They just put Shit's Creek season six on Netflix, so I can finally finish it, and I can finish the Good Place, and I'm so excited. Excellent! Yay! Speaking of babies, the babies, the babies. I love Catherine O'Hara. She's great. You know who else is the best? Who? X. Aw, he's the best. Yeah, I'm so curious to find out what you thought about this episode. I fucking loved this episode. Did you? Yeah. All I because did. of Axe or like mostly because of Axe. Okay. Um it like the first half of this episode is very 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 strong. Once they get to the observatory, it kind of falls off the rails a little bit. <sighs> yeah. But the first part I was living my best life and the last scene I was also just like my heart was exploding. Oh my god, in the last scene, I don't even know what happens. My focus was all pulled to really one particular thing, but we can wait till we get there. I know exactly what. <laughs> I thought of you in Aww. that moment. Aww. Oh man. Yeah, I'll agree. Like the first half of it, and then like it was just so disappointing for me in the middle of this episode sandwich. Oh my god. Yeah. Broke me. Mm hmm. Every second of that scene broke me a little more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one scene in particular in like the last third that made me so angry. And so <laughs> physically sick. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. The first half of this episode was just fucking amazing. It's just, it's just Axe trying to be a person and hanging out with his best friends, Marco and Jake, and being a complete goofball, and I live for it. It was very good. Oh, <sighs> and then Boris, too, with the drawer. <laughs> Oh, yes! Oh. oh, and Boris's dad, or Marco's dad. Oh, God, they're the same. <laughs> Freudian slip there, That's, sorry. I, I can tell you right now, Boris has been working with his dad lately and posting him all over Instagram, so I can guarantee you that is not Boris's oh. dad on the no. TV show. <laughs> Marco's dad, Maurice. Maurice. Jeremy, whatever. Whatever. Jeremy. Anyway, um... Oh, sweet darling boy, Axe. <laughs> do you want to get into it so we can talk about Axe for I do. Hours. Forever. Forever. We're never Forever. stopping. Ever. This episode's yes. never coming out because we're still recording it right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my favorite boy. Okay. <laughs> so, this is an Axe-centric episode. If people weren't already aware of that, because uh, the episode is also called the alien which is i think the direct title of book eight so speaking of movies <laughs> um our boys are at a movie theater mm-hmm. watching a fucking movie axe doesn't understand the plot of the movie and he says so and he goes to get up and leave jake grabs his arm and he's like axe that was just a preview and marco says yeah they're not supposed to make sense it's all just blowing stuff up and axe is like it did that very well. <laughs> so already I'm in fucking heaven because who wrote this? They're amazing. It's, the writers for all of this Axe goodness were just fucking amazing. Not just Axe, but also Marco had so many good lines in this fucking episode. Okay, and can I just say that Sean had 
like the facial shit that he was pulling off was like gold. Like I every scene my attention like just somehow went to Sean for some reason. And like every time he was just doing like some face that was just fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh. He's got he does good face. He does. He has the smarmiest smile. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's great. Or at least he can. He doesn't. He, sometimes he has a very nice, genuine smile, but like he can pull off <laughs> the smarmiest of smiles. Oh my god, I love it when he's just trying to bust Marco's chops, and he's just yes. like, this. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, but yes, faces. Um. Yeah. So kids are watching this old black and white movie. Um. Jake leans over to Axe and he's like, don't worry, I checked the time. You should have about an hour and a half before you have to morph back, basically. Mm-hmm. And Marco's like, you'll like this movie, Axe. It's sci-fi. Axe is like, what is sci-fi? And Marco pauses for a minute and he's like, sort of like real life lately. <laughs> His delivery on that line was so fucking good. Yes. God, Wonderful. So Axe watches the movie for a little bit and then leans over to Jake and says, thank you for inviting me to your human entertainment, Prince Jake. And Jake's like, you're welcome, but please stop calling me Prince. The more you see how people live, the better you'll fit in. And Axe is like, I'm getting quite good at fitting in. Which, like, sure you are, honey. Um, And Marco's like, yeah, like my dad at a rave. And Jake kind of laughs and Axe is like, oh, a joke. Ha 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 ha. And he's so fucking loud and awkward and everybody's starting to look over at him. And Jake and Marco are like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And my favorite part is right over when Jake leans over to shush him. He has this really loud shriek of just, ha! (laughs) So right after all of that went down, like, this is, of course, what Scott latched onto and repeatedly did throughout the episode. (laughs) God. Christ. Every joke that Marco would say, he'd be like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, ha, Stop. ha. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh, my God. But did Shushing. he ask you incessant questions about Cadet Kelly the whole time? Thankfully not this time. Okay. He was pretty hungover still from yesterday. So this is a pretty <laughs> downplayed experience for me. All right. All right. <laughs> all good. Yeah. Um, so Axe is loud and the other patrons are getting annoyed. Um, and Marco tells him to eat some popcorn, shoves him, or shoves some popcorn over to him. Axe takes a bite, winces, and then his eyes burst open and he turns to Marco and screams, this is excellent! (laughs) And they shush him again and he reaches over and just like takes the entire box and Jake is like, okay, but don't get carried away. And Axe is just like shoveling the shit into his mouth. (laughs) Um, eventually he starts trying to eat the box and Marco reaches over and he's like, no, not the box, Axe. Just watch the movie. And I just, it has, it has this feeling of like Jake and Marco, these two dads taking their troublesome son to the movies (laughs) and then realizing it it was a horrible idea. and They never should have done this. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it was. Oh my god, they just like take care of him the whole time and it's so great. And, and the best part though, the most realistic two dads thing is like when they forget him for one second, everything goes fucking awry. <laughs> I know. They just, you take their eyes off of him for one fucking yeah. second. Um, so the movie continues, Axe is still eating popcorn. He goes to put the box down 
and he realizes there's a bunch of food on the ground. Um, so he dives under the seat and starts eating everything in sight because he's a fucking monster. Jake and Marco, as we said, are not paying attention. Axe is crawling around on the ground. He crawls over to some gentleman who looks down and freaks out, rightfully so. Um, and Axe kind of just, like, looks at him, shoves some food into his mouth, and then, like, backs out of the aisle. <laughs> it's so fucking great. Oh I, like... Paulo is so fucking good. <laughs> Paulo's amazing. Like, I fucking love him. Oh my god, this must have just been so fun for him to play. Like, this just... Yeah, this really has to be kind of a dream role, because it's like, listen, you're just gonna do the most insane batshit stuff, (laughs) and he's probably like, I've been doing improv class for ten years, and finally, my time has come. (laughs) Oh god, He he just encapsulates the character so well. He does, and like, he clearly like gives it a hundred percent every fucking time because mm-hmm. like i the as we keep going back to like the whole scene where he was like swearing his loyalty to jake and everything and like the rest of the cast was just trying yeah. not to die like yeah oh he's oh my just God. so good fucking this is why i wanted to have him in the in the meet the cast of the animorphs book because like mm-hmm. i bet he just like cracked people up constantly yeah, like, I and bet... like, can you imagine being delivered this script and like, that's your part? <laughs> like, crawls on the floor and eats candy. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. This is the best deal. I get to eat all this candy. Oh my god. Oh, just so great. Um, so, Jake and Marco still not paying attention. Jake's laughing at the movie and he's like, pretty cheesy stuff, huh, Axe? Axe is still crawling around in the theater. Um, There's a shot of a woman and her kid, and then Axe kind of appears over the edge of the theater seats and watches the screen for a minute. He sees one of the aliens on screen, and he kind of cocks his head. And then there's a shot of some sort of scenery in the movie, and the child looks over, and Axe starts morphing his stalk eyes for some reason. Um, At this point, Jake and Marco look over and realize he is missing. And Jake's like, Axe? And they stand around looking for him. The child starts screaming, and Axe retracts his stock eyes back into his head. I don't know why we didn't have the child screaming first, which would have alerted Jake and Marco to Axe being missing. Right. Um, so, I just a little nitpick there, but whatever. Um, so, because a kid's screaming, everyone's looking around and such. Axe is confused. Marco and Jake go up and get him. And the mom is comforting her hyperventilating child and glaring at them. And Marco is basically like, excuse me, ma'am, this movie is PG-13. Your kid's really (laughs) too little to watch this movie. And they get axed and they take him out of the theater. Fucking love that. Marco's just like, listen, my friend may be a disruptive fool, but your kid's too young to watch this movie. So fuck you, Karen. Yeah, if he can't even take some stock eyes, how is he supposed to watch this entire sci-fi film? Oh my god! Love that. I loved it. Oh, such friendship. Yeah, I would pay good, good money to just read a story about Marco taking on Karens. (laughs) Like at least five dollars. Just trolling them. Yes. Oh my god. Somebody write this fanfic. 
Yes. This is another demand we have. Woof. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, that's the opening. It's incredibly strong, and I was really just in bliss the whole time. <laughs> um, good news. The original theme song is back. Yes. From, from our departure last time. Um, I was hoping they would modify it to include Axe, but they did not. Nope, still not part of the main cast. <sighs> I'm assuming that's never going to change. Yeah, not, Which... not that I know, remember. Sad. And not on the Wikipedia page, so I assume never. Aww. I know. Aww. Just because he came in late doesn't mean we get to just completely disregard him. Yeah, like, he's there for longer than Christopher, so, like... Christopher. Why? <laughs> Why? I don't know. Is it because he's an alien? Is this racism? God, I feel like it's just Scholastic being a fucking douche nozzle again. Like, we don't know how to market this character. No one can relate to an alien and a depressed bird boy trapped in his <laughs> bird body. That's ridiculous. You know what? Fuck. Fuck you, Scholastic. That was still... The worst decision you ever made. You missed the Marks Scholastic. Yeah, I, I say that. I just want to be clear right now. I have not looked up Scholastic's works travesties. So if there's like any sort of like actual horrific thing they did, like other than this, <laughs> I just want to know that's not included in my rankings. This is my one and only thing that I know of. <laughs> this is my personal beef. This is my personal beef with Scholastic. So, like, if they've, uh, like, deforested an entire actual rainforest, yes, that is worse, but I don't know about it. So this right now, to my knowledge, is the worst thing they've ever done. They cut down so many trees to make their stupid books. <laughs> they cut down so many children to make their stupid trees. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Slinging mud at Scholastic. <laughs> this will bode well. <laughs> Shit. Oh, no, but for real. Yeah. I'm, I'm pissed that Axe is not included in the general marketing for this show. I'm pissed about that. I'm pissed about the Axe Tobias books. We should have had twice as many, but mm -hmm. here we are. Yeah. But we get the theme song. It's great. It's very exciting. It's all in your hands. Uh, the boys are exiting the theater now. Jake's like, what happened back there, Axe? And Axe replies, I forgot for a moment where I was. I saw that planet. It, it doesn't matter. I was wrong. And Marco hands him a napkin because he's got like shit all over his face. And Axe is dabbing his mouth. And Jake and Marco are picking popcorn out of his hair. And I'm just like, oh my god. That fucking was so precious. cute. So, so fucking cute. cute. <laughs> I'm going to be squealing this whole time. Although, okay, I must say, um, I kind of wanted Marco to, like, dab Axe's mouth for him, because I did not expect Axe to know how to use a napkin. Every time he used a <laughs> napkin, like, because it happens multiple fucking multiple times. times. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, they must have already encountered something where they taught him this off screen, and, like, this yeah. is all he knows how to do, because that's, like, the only thing they trust him with. Yeah. And he clearly doesn't know what to do with his napkin after he's done with it, considering he just keeps throwing it, like, wherever, every time. I was, like, praying that he would just, like, absolutely just start eating the napkin. I was oh like, god. please do this. <laughs> oh my god, if only somebody had put that mere suggestion into Paulo's head, I'm sure he would have fully committed to that. <laughs> and 
then Marco has to like slap his hand away, like, no, you don't eat. Start that. grabbing it out of his mouth. No. <laughs> oh man, it wouldn't even be the most awkward mouth thing that happens in this episode. Oh my. Oh yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Okay. Oh my god, I just did a Jimmy Carr laugh. Dear God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Jesus. <laughs> like, the relationship I have with this episode versus the last episode, like, oh my god. Last episode, I was like, I don't want to talk about this. And this time, I'm just like, I need to obsess over every little thing that Axe does. I, yes. This episode just brought me so much fucking joy. Like, I will be totally fine if we obsess over everything Axe does here and then skip over the scene that I fucking hate and just go right to the end. Like, give like a two oh second God. synopsis of that scene that I hate and then move right to the end. Oh, God. I'll, <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> these are my demands. You're the person in charge here, but these are my demands. Oh, my God. Uh, uh. All right. So they clean him up. They clean up the boy. They start walking. And Jake's like, don't worry, Axe. You were just reminded of home. It's okay to be homesick. It's only human. And Axe kind of pauses for a second. And then he says, I guess I'd better not go to any more movies. Um, and then he gets distracted by something off screen. Um, <laughs> Which is delightful, by the way. I just loved that little detail of like, oh, what's that over there? And he like bounds off. And it's like, yeah. it's so cute. But I kind of read into it because Jake says, like, oh, it's okay to be homesick. You're only human. And he kind of, like, stops for a minute. And I bet his first reaction was, but I'm not human. Yeah. And then he kind of, like, goes, like, well, I better not go to any more movies. What's that over there? And, yeah. like, he was doing it as kind of an avoidance thing. But I also read it as, like, ooh, that's pretty. I I definitely read it as, like, his whole hesitation thing was him going, like, I'm not human. That's not right. But then, like, he's just, like well, let's not correct him. I'm trying to fit in here. And like, yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. like, oh, what's over there? Because, okay, yeah. So that's the thing about Paolo's performance. Like, obviously he does like physical humor and just like humor in general, just like very well. But he also does like emotional shit really well. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll talk more about that later. But like, just, I was just so pleased and delighted. Yeah, he was a great... Again, like, all of the kids are such good picks. Like... Yeah. And Paolo's especially strong. Like, I I don't know that there's any way to cast for, like, a role kind of like this without taking some, like, guesses. Because there's no way you can, like, put into the, like, actor Google, like, weird alien boy that can also do sad shit. Like, there's, <laughs> what are the, what's the keyword combination you're gonna use? So, like, there has to be some risk when picking somebody. And they just... Once again, fucking nailed it with him. They did. I would also pay good money to see all of his tests and reads before they hired him. Oh my god, I- yes. Ugh. I might have to do some more research after this to see if there's anything about Paolo anywhere. Ugh, I love him. So, once Axe gets distracted by whatever he's distracted by, Jake and Marco kind of- kind of converge and jake's like when i was 10 i was homesick i was a kid and it was only 20 miles away axe is 200 light years away and axe kind of looks over from where he is at his friends and his narration plays over i know they want to be my friends but i was told never to reveal certain things to other species 
I can't tell them my race is terrible secrets. And he's walking in slow motion, and he's like, Elfangor, I wish you were here. So Jake and Marco are still talking. Marco's like, we've given him popcorn, taken him to the mall. I feel sorry for the blue dude too, but what else can we do? And Jake proposes that Aximus is his family, so we should let him hang out with ours so he feels like he belongs. Marco's like, that's weird. And Jake's like, adults expect teenagers to be weird, and we'll watch him really closely. Marco's like, do we draw straws? Jake says, well, Cassie and Rachel are at that save the animal thing. Which, like, your disinterest could not be more palpable, my dude. (laughs) (laughs) That save the animal thing that no one cares about except for Cassie. That little whatever they call it. That fundraiser to save the whales or some shit. I don't give a fuck. Doesn't affect me. God. (laughs) Sorry, let me just, like, throw shade at Jake for a minute. (laughs) I, no, I... I love it, like, because, yes, throwing shade is the appropriate response, but, like, I just love that, like, in my head, there's this whole thing that happens behind the scenes where, like, he and Cassie are kind of, like, they're having their little, like, phone calls. They're kind of doing that teenage, like, flirty thing, and she's talking about this. Like, she probably talked for 40 minutes about Aww. the whole Save the Whales rally, and he was just like, uh-huh, yeah, okay, like, trying to be interested. That's really cool, Cassie. I really support you. And then yeah, Marco's exactly. like, "What? Where is she going?" Jake's like, "I don't know." Uh, some save the animal. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> oh. oh, I mean, I feel like it's very like, I don't know. It's very teenager to do that. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> or Scott. Scott does that to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh. I feel like Matt does that to me too. Anyway. So, so still adulty as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just people we know. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's human. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Cassie, Cassie and Rachel are at the save the animal thing. And Marco's like, yeah, and Tobias lives in a tree. I guess we're pretty weird too, huh? And Jake's like, okay, well, I don't want Axe anywhere near Tom, which is great. Great call, Jake. Yes. And Jake's Jake's basically like, so I guess that leaves you. And Marco's like, oh man, uh, get that cheeky smile from Sean there. Yes. So His smile work. Yeah. Oh, so such good chemistry. Yes. Um. So they go to Marco's house. They walk in the front. Uh, they're taking off their jackets. Axe is looking around. He spots a bowl of fruit on the uh, end table. He immediately grabs an apple and he goes to take a bite. And Marco's like, no, that is wax fruit. Remember, no wax fruit, no cardboard. Nothing in this room is edible. Um, and he the goes. The exasperation with which he <laughs> delivered that line. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I just love this, like, mother hen situation. Yeah. This problematic child. Just precious. <laughs> So Marco goes and he goes to put the, the fruit in a drawer. He opens the drawer and there's a framed picture of a woman inside. Axe is like, who's that? Marco says, that's my mom. And Jake kind of looks sad and awkward in the background. And then Marco has this really nice little monologue about like, you'll see a picture hanging on a wall and at some point you just stop seeing it. But when you put it in a drawer and Axe is like, I like that. Um, and Jake smiles and he's like, Axe, do you have a big family at home? 
And Axe starts to tell him. And then he stops himself. And he, and he says, there's nothing to tell, really. And it's just so sad and sweet. This whole scene was just so wonderful. Yeah. It's so sad. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, like, did the writing in this show suddenly get way better? I Like... It super did, though, for, like, all of these scenes with Axe. Like, and the camera work as well for all of these beginning scenes was Mm -hmm. also, like, it was almost like a, like, this first half of this episode was what the show could have been if it was really good. Like, yeah. Well, and I feel like with most of the the scenes with just dialogue, they're just talking and having a conversation. The camera work is really good. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because, like, it's more, like, basic or it's more standard. I don't know. But it just, it yeah. works so much better. Yeah, I feel like that's the environment they're, like, they're used to shooting. Yeah. Does that, did that sentence, that didn't come together at all no, no, for no, me, no, did no. it? But I know what you mean, though. Yeah. I just almost um, feel like they're trying to do things out of their element when they're trying to shoot anything but just, like, a standard dialogue scene yeah it's it's still upsetting to me though that they can't like there's nobody on there that has that like creative enough flair to be like let's try this and even like if half the scenes didn't work out that's fine but it's like every single scene with an animal or like that's kind of out of the nature of just the dialogue teenage show is just beyond their skill set somehow yeah and like obviously before this time period They did have movies with animals in them. So Mm -hmm. there are people in the industry that know how to work with animals, know how to shoot animals in in a convincing way. Like, Mr. Ed happened from, like, the fucking 1963, I think, or 69. Like, there was, that was a way more convincing show with all the shit going on there. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. Like, campy is one thing, but it's not campy, it's just bad. Yeah. Fortunately for us, Marco's dad is here. And he's so fucking happy to see his son. Every time I see this man greet Marco, he's always just so warm and genuine. And it warms my frigid bitch heart. Just wonderful. Um, So he's like, hey, Marco! And he's wearing an apron and, and he's like, I thought you guys were going to go see a movie! And Marco's like, we we had all the excitement we could take. Um... <laughs> And Marco's dad shakes Jake's hand and says hi to him. And then he turns to Axe and he's like, and who's this? And Marco's like, uh, uh, Max, Jake and Rachel's cousin. <laughs> nice save there, Marco. Mm-hmm. Um, but also take a shot every time they remind the audience that Jake and Rachel are cousins. It's like seriously every episode. Yeah, it Jesus truly is. Like, it truly is. Christ. Um, yep. But Jake's like, yep, that's my cousin. He's out of, he's from out of state. And Axe tries to shake his dad's hand, but he like holds his hand up like way too high. And Marco's dad just kind of rolls with it. And he's like, Mikasa is su casa. And Axe is like, ah, Spanish, another of your human languages. And he looks so fucking pleased with himself. And the others are just like, oh, God. Um... (laughs) Marco's like, Max watches too much Star Trek. Um, And then Axe says, I smell something peculiar. And Marco's dad's like, oh, well, I'm cooking. Usually Marco does it. Um, And he goes into the kitchen. Jake goes up to Axe and he whispers, 
if he asks, say you ate earlier and you're not hungry, and Axe is like, yes, Prince Jake, stares at food. Um, can I just brag on Marco's dad for one second here? Yes. Okay, he, throughout this whole scene, but, like, just, this is, like, the great beginning of it, is so warm and kind to Axe, and even when he screws up and does something, like, socially weird, he just kind of rolls with it, and he's like, okay, like, you know, it's awkward, but, and I think that is, like, the sweetest, kindest thing, because it's not played like, oh, he's a dummy and he's missing all of these things. It's more like he's just looking at him and going, like, you're different, and that's okay. And, like, my favorite scene... Can I jump ahead one second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my favorite part of this is when Marco's dad hops on the computer and starts working on stuff. When Axe comes over and, like, starts saying, like, oh, wow, this is, like, a really great start. Like, you've, you've got something here. Instead of being, like... <laughs> what the fuck do you know, kid? He uh-huh. just kind of like, he like smirks and then he looks at him and he's like, thank you. We think so too. And like, he's just so sweet and wonderful to this <laughs> weird child that's invading his home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it so much. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. And I, I feel just... like, I feel like that was very much in the spirit of the book when Axe yeah. went over to Marco's house and Axe was being like, a little bit socially weird, and his dad was just like, eh, I-, I just don't understand kids, but it's fine. You're cool. Yeah. So, good job, TV show. It's something we don't say often. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I love everything they're doing with Marco's dad. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, <sighs> Maurice. <laughs> Peter, Jeremy, Maurice, whoever the fuck you are. <laughs> Oh, yeah, his name was Peter in the book. What the fuck? Crazy old Maurice. (laughs) That's my headcanon name for him. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, the way Axe was staring at the food, it reminded me of of when they hold the cupcake in front of that dog. Oh, my God. (laughs) The dog's just like, ugh. Oh, it didn't help that he has, like, the bluest blue eyes mm-hmm. that they zoomed in on. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Okay, oh. let's talk about this next scene, though, because I was a little upset about it. Really? I fucking was here for it. <laughs> okay. I mean, Wait. I was upset at this. Okay, just continue. We'll we'll discuss this okay. after. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Marco's dad's making chili. He's dishing it up, and he sniffs it, and he's like... Jalapeno cornbread, fruit, and the chili of doom. And meanwhile, I'm just like, that's Cassie's dad's chili, you bastard. But it's fine. (laughs) You gave the recipe from Cassie's dad and you know it. You came in the chili cook-off this year with a stolen recipe. God. Oh, what if after Marco's mom died, Cassie's family dropped off the chili for them once and like he really liked it and then they gave him the recipe. Oh, I love that. You made it better. I'm sorry. No, it's great. I love that. Okay. Oh, wonderful. Um, So he brings a bowl over and Axe immediately walks over to it and stares at it. And Marco's dad's like, I used habanero chilies, the hottest substance known to man. And Axe is like, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. Um, (laughs) But Axe is like, well, actually, it's not as hot as the temperature created by nuclear fusion. (laughs) Well, actually, 
Um, not even the same scales, my dude. <laughs> yeah, no, not the same thing at all, but, but he tried. Uh, Marco kind of punches him and he's like, Max already ate. We all did. And Marco's dad's like, you're not getting out of it that easy. Everybody grab a bowl. And he starts getting some on the ladle. And Axe looks at Jake and he looks back at Marco's dad and holds up his hand. He's like, I have been told not to. <laughs> And Marco's dad's like, tell me, Max, are you a man or a mouse? And he holds up the ladle and Axe's, his nose is just following this ladle. And he's like, well, actually, I've been both. And Marco's dad kind of stops for a minute. And then he starts laughing and just busting out. <laughs> and Marco and Jake kind of join in. And then Marco's dad's like, you know, just go for it. Try some. And he holds up the ladle. Okay, here's what pissed me off. What are you doing spoon-feeding a teenage boy that is one of your son's friends? That's weird. Two, why are you letting him eating it out of the ladle of the serving bowl? What and why the did you fuck? put it back in the bowl? Did <laughs> you put it back in the bowl? What the fuck? I, okay, this is so upsetting, but I fucking loved it so much. Like, <laughs> I was like... This is so awkward. Every part of this is so awkward. And, like, I, I don't know. It was great. <laughs> don't do this. It's not hygienic. But, like, there's also, like, what's your other choice in this scene? Like, get him his own serving spoon. Like, get him a bowl. Like, anything else you're doing is going to, like, disrupt the flow of the scene. So, like, I get why they did it. I also kind of fucking love that he held up the ladle to him. It was like, try it right out of the pot. <laughs> He's just spoon feeding this boy. This teenage boy that's very, I don't know. He's probably like, this kid's kind of weird. He'd probably go for this. <laughs> oh, no. And like, at what point, like, at what point? <laughs> <laughs> gonna spoon feed paulo and like sean and boris are reading this like he's gonna spoon feed paulo like wait what like and then paulo's like okay i can work with this and like sean and boris are just like what (laughs) (laughs) not a thing that happens in real life probably (laughs) i hope it is and like you know i'm sure he's like well this is like the four of us are going to eat chili. There's probably just as much bacteria naturally in the chili than in yeah. Axe's mouth. But, like... <laughs> it's fine. I loved how awkward this whole thing was. Oh and, like, God. I couldn't get out of my head, like, how awkward filming this must have been. Oh, man. Ugh. Ugh. God, so... it just... So good. I was mildly upset by this. But, okay. It all- oh my god, yes. Okay, it gets better. <laughs> it gets so much better that, oh my god, just go, go. Okay, <laughs> so Marco's dad holds the ladle up. Axe tries the chili. There's a pause. And then the camera zooms in on his big blue eyes, which have widened. He starts making this gulping, gasping noise, and Marco's dad looks a little concerned. And then Axe bursts out with tears in his eyes. This is a wonderful food! And my soul left my fucking body. (laughs) Oh my god. 
<laughs> the like the ragged cracking voice he puts on the word wonderful, <laughs> wonderful is like food. beautiful oh my god <laughs> that delivery was so spot on and incredible and his it face was... and it was so good i have tears in my eyes it was so good oh oh my god we got we got a taste when he had the popcorn and he was like this is excellent but this was the culmination of everything that is good and wonderful (laughs) this was what we have to live for in this the year 2020 is this delivery of this line (laughs) this is a wonderful food But it doesn't stop there. This is a nonstop goddamn thrill ride of a scene. Oh my god. So Marco's dad kind of chuckles to himself. And he goes to put the ladle back in the bowl. Axe grabs it out of his hand. And he starts (laughs) shoveling more chili into his mouth. And Marco's dad's kind of like, okay. Then we fucking fast cut to Axe shoveling the remainder of the bowl into his mouth. Like he's fucking starving. He is, this bowl is clean. There's nothing left in it. The camera does this really great circular pan of the table, and we get the facial reactions from Marco Jake and Marco's dad, who just looks fucking utterly amazed. And he's like, you are welcome for dinner anytime, Max. Oh my god. The best, best fucking part for me is the size of Axe's bowl compared to everybody else's. <laughs> like, that is the serving bowl. That, like, that is the bowl that, that we saw at first. <laughs> he ate that whole fucking thing. I don't like know. They how- skimmed a little off the top for everybody else, and then handed him the. Yeah, they had to like stop physically stop him from eating the rest of it, so they could all get a little bit, and then they were just like, "Okay, go nuts!" <laughs> oh my god! And like the okay, I just I can't. First of all, the bowl, the giant bowl was like. <laughs> It was beautiful, like, prop comedy. It just oh was God. so good. And then the pan around the table. From excellent camera work. Excellent use of this pan. And, like, Boris just, like, Marco's sitting there like, what the fuck, man? And then Jake, like, I can't believe he ate that whole thing. And then Marco's dad, like, where's this all going? Like, <laughs> this child is eating so much food. Like, it was, they're all, like, amazed and concerned, but, like, they all said different things with their reactions. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, <laughs> so good. It was so, so good. Oh, delightful. Just delightful. This is, like... My favorite scene. Yeah. Like, this this whole, like, first half of this this episode is just pure joy. It is. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> X has eaten all of the chili because he's the best. And then we hear a beeping coming from the other room. And Marco's dad gets up and he goes and sits down at his ancient stone tablet of a laptop oh my god this thing's like fucking a foot thick it's so fucking big and old and i loved it axe goes to lick the bowl clean and marco's like no and he just hands him a napkin he just like physically like puts his arms down and is like no absolutely not 
This has gone too far. Um, so Axe wipes his face, and then he goes over to see what Marco's dad is doing, and Jake and Marco kind of follow him. Axe leans down over Marco's dad's shoulder, and Mar- Marco's dad's really happy about something. He's like, yeah, not bad, Hanley. Um, and Marco explains that his dad and Dr. Hanley are setting up the radio telescope. Um, so I guess Maurice has a job now, which is cool. Good for him. Mm -hmm. Um, Marco's dad says it's state of the art and he's typing some more stuff and Axe kind of points over his shoulder and he's like, this is a really good start. Much could be done with this. And like you said, Marco's dad agrees and he's like, yeah, we think so too. Continues to type. Axe looks at the code for a minute and then his eyes widen and he stands up in slow motion. He's just come to some realization. Um, finally, Marco's dad is like, enough shop talk. Who wants ice cream? Uh, Jake and Marco kind of smile at Axe, probably because they're like, I wonder how much ice cream he's going to (laughs) eat. But Axe is not having it. He looks thunderstruck. And he's like, I must go. I'll have to take a snow check. And Marco's like, it's, it's rain check, man. And Axe is like, yeah, right. Good night. And then he leaves. And Marco's dad's just like. What a weird kid. Nice, though, and funny. <laughs> um, he goes to get ice cream. Marco and Jake are like, Axe doesn't give up food easily. And he saw those numbers, and he looked weird. He never really tells us anything about himself. Um, and then they decide to follow him. So they grab their jackets and leave. Marco's dad comes back in the room with a tray of ice cream, and he looks around, and he's like, Marco? Jake? And then he kind of looks at the ice cream resigned, and I'm like, oh, no! <laughs> gonna eat all by himself he was having fun hanging out with his son and his friends and now he's gonna eat ice cream all by himself i had a very different reaction to that okay i i was like they have a surfing tray who does that (laughs) (laughs) who has a serving tray who has a serving tray and perfect little ice cream bowls that match like who does that what kind of sick shit is this what kind of fucked up household are they running here? In my house, we put the ice cream container and a scoop on the table. Everybody grabs their own bowl or mug or some sort of mismatched shit and just, like, takes turns shoveling shit into their bowl. Like, none of this fancy uniform serving shit. No. No way. Absolutely. In my in my household, we all buy individual containers of ice cream and then oh. guard them as if we are dragons. <laughs> My ice Mantle cream over horde. them. <laughs> Mantle over your ice cream hoard. Yeah, because otherwise you never know who's gonna like be like, give me, give me a, give me a bite of that. I just want to try it. No, oh my this god, is fucking ice cream. It's mine. It's mine. I found it. Yeah, we have different meal times. Ours aren't so much like let's share with each other what we've cooked. Ours, our meal times are more like guard your shit so no one else can take it <laughs> otherwise you might not eat tonight <laughs> be prepared to fight for your food exactly exactly <laughs> oh man it reminds me Probably of Rhett. The... oh god <laughs> Rhett's not last name redacted yeah when he's like i'm gonna have seven kids but only six of everything <laughs> I still think that's a great idea for raising children. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Ugh. Okay. This episode gets not great from here. I would yeah, say. I'm I'm out. I'll, you just do your thing. All I'm right. just gonna I'm just gonna kick back and not contribute anymore. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm sure that's not true. It's not. I have so many complaints, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we are somewhere. There's a giant satellite dish. I assume we're at the radio tower that was just talked about in the last scene. Um, Axe is there. And he looks at a sign that says closed. And it's in no place where it makes sense to have a closed sign, but whatever. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's on, like, a pillar in an outside pavilion. And there's no, like, fence or anything that would make sense. I don't know. But it's, like, not even on the outside of the pillar where, like, if it was, like, the walking path led up and on the outside of the pillar. Like, you actually have to physically enter the building and then turn around to look where you just came from to see the closed sign. Yeah, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Um, in any case, Axe fucking ignores it, and he walks off screen, and we hear the uh, morphing noises happening. And apparently in the book, it says that the Foley was, um, like, people stepping on bags of pretzels and, like, uncooked pasta and stirring chicken nice. liver in a bowl to get the morphing sound effects. Nice. Chicken liver is very slurpy when you stir it in a bowl. Like that. Um, also, the music in this scene is super rad. Yeah, they did. They had great music. I noticed that a few times in this episode. Like, I either didn't notice it, which means it's fine. Right. Or, like, I noticed how good it was. Yeah, yeah. It was super dynamic and, and exciting. <laughs> like, almost immediately after Axe walks off camera, Marco and Jake run up to the spot where he was, and they're like, where is he? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, guys. Oh, shoot um, me. Jake points to the ground, and they see human footprints, and then some hoof prints, and then andalite handprints, and then some smaller undetermined prints leading into a vent in the wall. Um, I assume lizard. Yeah. I don't know. They were just kind of like little round dot thingies. But yeah, it would make sense to be lizard, because I think a rat would be too big to go through that vent. Yeah. Like a mouse or something. Yeah. Um, Speaking of lizards, Marco looks at Jake, and he's like, is it lizard time? And Jake nods, and they back up against the wall and start morphing. So, nothing too notable about this morphing scene, I would say. Um, But at this point in the episode, I forgot that they could morph. I (laughs) I thought I was watching a TV show of just, like, three dudes just hanging out. So, as soon as they, like, just, just started morphing right next to each other, I was like, oh... I forgot they could do that, and and they f- they probably forgot they could do that for a little bit, and then they just have to like remember that they're on a mission and just kind of pull that out, and and I don't know, I just felt like weirdly like wistful and proud of them in that Aww. moment. It's hard to explain. That is that's sweet though. Uh, so they morph into lizards, crawl through the vent. Um, inside the building, there's a telescope, and Jake and Marco are walking up the spiral staircase. Um, but they walk around and Mark was like, what are we doing here anyway? Jake says he doesn't know, leads him on. Um, and they sneak into some sort of control room and crouch down underneath a window and Axe is at one of the computers in his Andalite form. Axe is typing on the computer. He's typing fucking gibberish. He's just like hitting the keyboard. Um, and he's like, come on, come on, work. And I'm like, all right, clearly you know what you're doing. Because I have no idea what you're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's some static appearing on the computer screen. And... Okay. I meant to ask Matt this, but I don't... um, I didn't get a chance to. (laughs) Why 
for computer errors, do they like to show static? Because static indicates, like, an electricity connectivity error. But, like, mm-hmm. a, a computer error would be, like, a different thing. It would be, like, a, a progress bar or something, right? Or, like, pixelated and then freeze and, like, cut out. Like yeah. Like, used to. I just feel like there was no shorthand for that in the 90s. Like, we know yeah. that now, but at the time when it was being recorded, the most familiar thing to kids would be, like, when the TV went to, like, snow when you were yeah. trying to get it to connect, so. Yeah, I guess, yeah. It's. I think it's. if it was filmed five years later, it probably would have had a more... <laughs> Blue screen of death. <laughs> realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the beach ball or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God. It just goes to a blue screen and everybody's like, ah! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, no. <laughs> the worst crash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you put up like a blue screen when like this show is coming out, everybody would be like, okay. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> Fair enough. That's my guess anyways. Because I feel like... At least when I was watching it, like, we had a computer in the house at the time, but it was very novel. And it's because, like, you know, my family was in the IT business. So, like, I feel like a lot of people didn't necessarily have that at the time or, like, you know, I could use it for two minutes or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's true. something I was intimately familiar with. Sure. Okay, yeah, because whenever I see static on the computer screen in the show, I'm like, that doesn't seem right, but... Yeah, I it's not, but I, you know... Whatever. How to explain it, yeah. It gets the message across that connection is iffy. Yeah. Um. So, X is trying to get the computers to work, and finally we see an Andalite on the screen through some of the snow, and he's like, Hello? And Axe is like, this is Aximile Eskarath Istil. And the voice is like, is it really you? And Axe goes, yes, it's me, father. And Jake and Marco look at each other. Dun, dun, dun. And that's a commercial. God, what I wouldn't have done for him to go, daddy. Daddy. <laughs> daddy. Daddy, it's me. Daddy, it's me, Aximile. <laughs> I put Sorry. an egg on a spoon. It is me, Aximile. <laughs> it sounded like Festo for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Busto is kind of the Amelie voice. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> Did he? Busto likes to party. Anyway, um, I cook an egg with a spoon. <laughs> I am Amelie. I'm hiding near the spindle. <laughs> oh no! We am at the edge of the DVD. <laughs> Don't look on Blu-ray. I'm not a Blu-ray yet. <laughs> Don't look for me on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, McElroy's. We're fucking coming for you. <laughs> Taking your shit once again. <laughs> once again. We're not even going to bother to adapt your bit to our shit. We're going to straight steal your fucking bit since you took our goddamn war. <laughs> Out. <laughs> God. The war with the McElroys has officially begun. <laughs> uh, they started it. Well, actually, no, we probably started it. No, we have been, like, holding the torch for this war for years. They just finally picked up the mantle against us. True. <laughs> and 
we if they say even a breadth of half of a word we will be crushed like insects (laughs) (laughs) this is like we would have to like pull a charge of the light brigade out of our hats here otherwise even then i just it's so far gone yeah they they would wreck our shit in much like the animals, we are fighting against the entire empire. <laughs> yes. And yet we have no special skills. <laughs> we have no power here. We have none. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please talk about X and his daddy. <laughs> X is talking to his daddy. And his daddy, daddy. is like, oh, it's really cool. Nice to see you. But where's your brother? And X is like, he died defending freedom. And his dad's like, well, I guess you're the eldest son now, which means you gotta go get revenge. Um, do you know who did this? And X is like, oh yes, I know who did this. And then we fat- oh god. <laughs> we fast cut to Visor 3, who is in his human morph. He is lounging on a leopard print chair, eating shrimp like a fucking Dr. Evil looking motherfucker. I've never been more sexually aroused in my life. <laughs> oh, I feel like he's wearing like a like a silk like shirt as well. It's just it's like the quintessential just like a super villain like ooh I'm sitting on my chair <laughs> celebrating my victory with a shrimp. It's like show me a picture of a man who can get anything he wants in the world. <laughs> Okay, so he has a leopard print chair, <laughs> shrimp, obviously, and a silk shirt. Oh my Fucking god. Fucking nailed it. Give that man a raise. Oh my god. <laughs> it was just so much. Like, you could have cut to him doing anything. You could have cut to him dissecting a hork or, like, killing children Standing or over some... the yerk pool, observing the pool. Yeah, like, backlit. Or, like, underlit with a red light or some shit. Some sinister-ass shit. But no, he's fucking having a great time in his leopard print chair. It's my favorite. Like, it's such, like, listen, you could have done a lot of shit. Like, you just said, the backlit stuff, the chair in the middle of the room that's higher on a dais above everybody else with the single light coming down on it. Him lit up by, like, a control panel of things that he's controlling. But it is so fucking Visor 3 to be on a leopard print chair with shrimp. Like, they made the perfect decision here. (laughs) The man does love a limousine. He does. Like, he, like, infested somebody who has the most pedestrian sense of luxury. Oh, my God. Like, (laughs) this is a guy that, like, thinks that the height of luxury is like you go to the hotel and there's a chocolate on your pillow and two (laughs) bathrobes like he's so limited in what his creativity of richness allows oh my god i loved it so much i like how okay i also like how there was no other scenery apart from like the top (laughs) of his chair and his one shrimp on a on a toothpick like we didn't have like like a bunch of like food laid out in front of him or you know like a bearskin rug or any shit Ooh. like that. I also like how he was in the exact same set where he filmed that scene where he like heard Axe's call and he was like throwing shit ar- around the room. 
<laughs> that's his his uh his thing his main his office there we go that's his office yes which is empty except for his chair and his shrimp can i write a quick dissertation yes. right now yes okay what i love about this that they absolutely did not intend was the difference between Axe and Visor 3 with control of their host bodies. Because, like, obviously, you know, Visor 3 is that. So we see a man who has enough control over himself and his host to eat a single shrimp on a toothpick versus Axe who just demolished an entire vat of chili. And, like, that is the real difference between the two and, like, why the chaotic good will always win over the, like, <laughs> <laughs> controlled evil. Oh, my and God. And I, I love that they are of the same species, but clearly from the opposite ends of the spectrum. But, like, Visor 3 should have even more incentive to just demolish a bowl of chili because he is a yerk infesting an andalite. So exactly. Not, so not, this is the control. Yeah. Oh my god. I just can't. I just can't with this. What a weird paper we've just read. <laughs> it was so much. I laughed my ass off at this moment. And true to standard villain form, as he's trying to enjoy his shrimp, um, one of his fucking goons busts into the room and says, "We've located a Z space transmission from somewhere in town." Fucking interrupt us. Visor 3's like, have you located the source? The guy's like, we're looking now. And Visor 3's like, that's not good enough. I want that call. He looks at his shrimp and he fucking throws it on the ground. (laughs) In disgust. So I missed when he threw it on the ground. And Scott, like, just all of a sudden lost it next to me. And was like, (laughs) he couldn't even, like, get the words out. I thought he said he threw a chip. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then I'm like, rewind it. He's like, the controller's off. I can't. So we just moved on. Oh, my God. And, like, he just lost his fucking mind at that. Rightfully so. It was so funny. His tiny shrimp. He got so mad. He's like, I can't even enjoy this now. Fuck it. God, that's like fucking, that's a quarter of the budget for this episode that he just threw on the ground. <laughs> Shrimp's expensive, Wizard 3. It is. Christ. <laughs> oh, there's so much. Um, so yeah, that happens. Um, back with Axe and his daddy. And daddy. Uh, I don't know, they're talking about the burden of revenge or some shit. X is like, are the Andalites coming or what? And his dad's like, nah, we got other things to do. We got other planets that are more important than Earth. <laughs> we're busy. Yeah, we're kind of busy right now. Sorry. Um, Jake and Marco are like, what the fuck? And Daddy says, by the time we get to you, Earth will be conquered anyway. And X is like, but there's a small resistance on Earth and we've done great damage to the Yerks. Dad's like, what the fuck? How? X is like, they can morph. And his dad's like... But Ciro's kindness, though, who done this? Who did done this? Um, who did done the Ciro's bad? Who did the thing? Was it your stupid brother? And Axe is like, no, it was me. And then the transmission cuts out. Oh, no. 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 Um, then some old ass minivan drives up and a bunch of controllers get out like a fucking clown car. Um, Axe is trying to get the transmission back up. Visitor 3 steps out of the car. Axe is like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And he ducks under a desk. The movement of this Andalite is very frightening. Did not like it. 
Um, yeah. Ugh, it was just so, like, I don't know. It was just so fast, and and because it was such a lifeless form, like, obviously just someone in a costume. I don't know. It just kind of scratched me out a little bit. Yeah. And I was really bummed about the uh, typing because it was very clearly just, like, a five-handed blue glove. Oh, was it? It was. And, uh, like, I was super disappointed because we spent so much time talking up how good they did with Elfangor reaching yeah. out with the seven fingers. Uh-huh. And, like, this was just, it was a super disappointing effect after they did it so good earlier. I mean, I don't know how you would make an extra finger I have type. no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> my God, let me tell you how much I don't know. Oh my God. It would just be, like, flapping around. <laughs> I Yeah, like, how do you get it to, like, type in any sensical sort of way? Like, I don't know. It's just impossible. Ugh. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm not Peter fucking Jackson. Why are you asking me this? <laughs> I don't work at what a workshop. I don't, this is yeah, my exactly. department. God. All I know is if you bring it to me, I just keep yelling, bigger! That's the thing I've learned from Peter Jackson. Ugh. So, X horrible costume, ducks under the desk, and Jake and Marco are kind of following him, and X morphs back to his human form, and he fucking bails out of there and they follow him um oh god outside uh visitor three's goon is like the transmission cut out but it was coming from here visitor three nods to a different guy who goes up to the door and does his very best impression of trying to open the door like which is so pathetically bad he like pantomimes opening the door and he like makes a sound effect he's like Ugh, it's locked and i'm just like oh my god Ah, uh, defeated by a deadbolt yet again. <laughs> Pack it up. Let's get out of here. Well, we tried. We did our best. Ugh. Uh, but then my next most favorite Visitor 3 moment happens. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 So, all right. We are back inside with the boys. Axe walks up the same... Fuck. Axe walks up the same staircase to the telescope that Marco and Jake just came up a few minutes ago, which makes no sense geographically, but whatever. No. Um, Marco and Jake approach him, and they're like, oh, hey, Axe, like, what are you doing here? We followed you up here because we were worried. We thought maybe that chili was backing up. And Axe is like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm fine. And Jake's like, what are you doing here? Axe is like, uh, I, I wanted to look at the stars through the telescope. He does this really weird lip-smacking thing that I do not understand why. And it kind of reminded me of David Tennant in Harry Potter when he was playing that Death Eater snake guy and he had that, like, weird tongue-lashing twitch thing. I don't know. It was... (laughs) Wasn't he, like, Barty Crouch Jr.? Yeah. Wow. I pulled that out of the... The tenant IMDb of my mind. And not my <laughs> the, the IMDb at all. I have memorized because I love him. Because David Tennant. Because obviously. of course. But it hasn't been updated since I first first watched the season of Doctor Who. But that's neither here nor there. Well, you know. Um, but yeah, he does this really weird mouth thing. Um, but it's, it's fine. Super weird. It's it's all fine. It was a choice. Um, so <laughs> decision Paulo made. Maybe it's to, like, show that he was, like, lying and he didn't quite know what to do with his face or something. I don't know. Um, but Marco's well, like... that's true. What? That's true. Yeah. It could be that. Yeah. Uh, Marco's like, cut the shit, we, sh- we saw you up there. And Axe kind of turns and starts walking away. 
God, the editing. We cut back to the controllers who are standing in a line and the camera follows as they raise each of their Draken beams. The last person raises theirs in slow motion. We're back inside. Jake and Marco are like, you were one of us. We trusted you. You were the chosen one. Um, and Axe <laughs> Ax is looking Sorry. conflicted. Um, then we're back outside with the controllers. Who, okay, all the controllers are facing the camera, like, dead on. And they shoot. But all of their beams go sideways. If 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 it's if they're facing you head on, and they have their beams pointed head on at the camera, the, the beams should be coming straight at the camera. But no, they angled them. So that it's shooting the, the door on the other side. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Just pick a different angle on the shot, then. I know! <laughs> God. Why were they doing this? I don't know. Oh, it was like. I don't know. Did, was, is this when he says my favorite line, though? No. Probably not. I, I don't know. Mr. 3 is not really like. I mean, he's there, but he's not talking, I don't think. But um, Oh, okay. There is this. Maybe it was earlier then. I'll say it and we can cut it if it's after this. Um, there was one time, like, when he said something about the door being locked, Visor 3 just turned to the camera with this, like, evil look, and he goes, that depends on your definition of locked. Or, like, something <laughs> insane. Oh, yeah. Like, just fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, I, sorry, I, I brushed over that one. It's okay. You didn't know it was my favorite line, because it was just so fucking bonkers. Like, <laughs> depends no on who sense. you ask. Yeah, and it's like, what does that fucking mean? That like, mean? I mean, I... It, was, I get where he, where he was going, but it was just it was insane. It, it it had very much like like someone says like oh I can't do it, and you say not with that attitude. It was very much like that for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <sighs> like uh, this is impossible. It depends on your definition of impossible. <laughs> it's like what the fuck. <laughs> it's very optimistic. It's, but it's said in such a like sinister way. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I'm sorry. Back no, to the fucking door line. Oh my god. Yeah, they could just choose a different fucking angle on the shot. Yeah, Dear seriously, god. it would have been so easy. I don't... <sighs> it's The solution is so simple. It's so stupid. It's like they all had little mirrors attached to their uh, Draken beams, like, two inches away from the, the beam emitter, so that they could all, like, bounce off the mirror onto a different angle. Jesus Christ. Anyway, oh it was god. stupid. I... I had to do that in an escape room once. It was really hard. Ooh, fun. Yeah. Uh, so inside, Drake and Marco are continuing to yell at Axe. They're like, you probably think we're too dumb or too primitive or not real warriors. And Jake's like, why did you lie to your father? Elfangor gave us power to morph, not you. Axe is like, he shouldn't have. And Jake and Marco are like, what is Ciro's kindness? Axe is like, I can't tell you. I can't tell you anything. We're not supposed to share anything about ourselves with other races, especially technology. And he starts to say that Elfanger shouldn't have trusted them with the power. Jake says that was the only thing that saved them. Axe is like, no race can be trusted with what Andalites know. And then he starts saying, like, humans have only been around a few million years, and they are children, and they couldn't even be trusted with Elfanger's Heroctolest. Is that what the disc is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. The big reveal. The big reveal. It's his Heractalist. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how he knew that the Yerks had it. Maybe they covered that in a different episode or they told him later. I don't know. 
Off screen. Off screen. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> outside, the controllers are still bending their drinking beams in ways that should not be possible. Um, but whatever. They break down the door. Finally, we get a very nice slow-mo sandwich of the door blowing up. Um, the noise alerts the boys in the place. And Mark was like, hold that thought. And they take off. Um, there's like a chase montage scene. The controllers go into the building and they're running around and the boys are running through stairwells trying to escape. Um, Visitor 3 is like standing in a rotunda, like yelling at everybody. And Axe is uh, running and then he hears Visitor 3's screams in his head and he's like, Visitor 3, he killed my brother. And he runs through a different door. And Jake and Marco lose him once again because they're not fucking paying attention. Um, and then they reach a different door and they see a vent and they're like, let's go lizards again. Um, and then they realize that Axe is missing. And then Axe shows up where Visitor 3 is and Axe morphs back into Andalite. And he appears from behind a pillar up and he's like, Visitor 3, hello, my name is Axe You killed my brother. Prepare to die, basically. <laughs> um, the yeah, he appears with cheekbones that could cut blood. <laughs> he does have cheekbones. <laughs> that upsets me. I, got, I just, I fucking hate the hair on the Andalite costumes. Yeah, same. They all have, like, fucking mullets and it's gross. Yeah, and like I, I mean, I know that this is more headcanon than anything else, but I always imagine them having like a shorter, fine hair instead of the weird, like wispy, yeah, blue hair they have on there. Yeah, yeah, not not so much Cookie Monster hair. Yeah, exactly. More contained, sleek, more sleek, sleek. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, yeah. So Axe challenges Visitor Three, and the controllers are on the balconies, uh, point their flashlights at Axe. And Visitor 3 is like, no, don't interfere. He's mine. And he smiles all evil. Um, he starts morphing to Andalite. And then he starts waving his arms like he's some fucking like horror movie monster. Oh my god, that cracked me up. So- <laughs> I was like, I fucking hate this so much. But I was laughing because he was literally like, he did the hand thing that like I do when I'm being very like sarcastically like, ah ha ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like the claw. yeah. Exactly, like the claw that you just raise slowly up towards yeah, eye level. Yeah. And it was like, what the fuck is, what are you doing? And like, I hated it, but then I laughed really hard. <laughs> <it>. <sighs> oh, God. Okay, this next fucking scene, though. <sighs> so, yeah, scene is really fucking generous of you. Uh, so, I, an idiot, thought that they were going to do a tailblade fight. And in leading up to the scene, I was like, how are they going to pull this off? Like, that's going to be, like, really dumb and, and awkward. And it's going to be like the when he chopped the head off the statue. Like, it's going to be so stupid. But to- it's going to be like in uh, Avatar, the real movie, when they had Katara waterbend water. And it was like, <laughs> the dumbest fuck. Or they had, like, six earthbenders move one tiny rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I thought all of this. To quote Griffin McElroy, it was so much worse than I thought it was going to be. Because all they fucking do is grab each other's hands and start grappling for like two minutes from a thousand different angles with a blurring effect over the top to make it look dynamic. And it was fucking nauseating. 
It was so awful. And then the worst part that like was annoying me, but then I didn't realize how obvious it was, was like the hoof clacking yes for no reason yes and scott was like what the fuck is happening with these hoof noise like what is this oh my god like, yeah i don't know man <laughs> god it was just so bad it was like watching a battle between pokemon that only know splash and harden like fucking nothing is happening they're just grappling with each other and then they started adding in, like, punching effect noises, like, yeah. fist hitting skin. But there was no punches. There was nothing. And there wouldn't be. There's nothing. It was, uh. And, of course, like, the lights are flashing and shit. And it's just, the blurring effect was what really was getting me, though. Ugh. Yeah. Well, that, and, like, they kept doing super fucking weird choices of close-ups. Where, like, they'd cut to, like, a super close And it would be, like... The shoulder between, like, the neck and the... Yeah. The, and it's like, what am I even looking... Like, it got to the point where I'm like, I think it's a shoulder, but I there's no fucking way to know. It's just a half blue screen, half gray screen. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at. Yeah. It was so awful. It was so awful. So awful. I hated this so much. <sighs> okay. Well, finally it stops. And... Thank God. Fizzer three, yeah. Fizzer three is towering over Axe, and he's he yells, "You're not even an appetite." What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I didn't even catch that because at this point I was like, "Oh, I'm done." Hang on, I get it. Okay, it's because he ate Elfangor, and now he's fighting his little brother, and he's like, "I'm gonna eat you," but like, you're nothing. You're pathetic. You're not even an appetite to me. I got it just now. Then why wouldn't he say you're not even a snack? Because that didn't have any meaning in the 90s like it does now. Yeah. <laughs> a snack. <laughs> Two C's. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so he's like about to kill Axe, I guess. And then a tiger starts running towards them. And the tiger did a great job. It was a good kitty. But holy shit, they didn't even shoot this tiger in the right perspective of the background that they were using. Like, obviously I know they use green screen, but like it it was like too small and it was running at a weird angle. And it was just, it looked rough, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was truly awful what they tried to do. And like the extras gave it their best, but God, was it not good. God. Yeah. So shit. Yeah. The extras. Um, so tiger tackles visor three, because apparently that's all the animals are going to do to actually attack people is just jump on them. Um, Visitor 3 falls down. Uh, Jake's like, Axe, are you okay? And Axe is like, you came back for me. Visitor 3 screams something I didn't catch. And that's when we see the extras running on the green screen. And it's like, first of all, there were no fucking people down on this level. (laughs) Second of all, they're all like weirdly tiny again with this background. But they're all running around yep. off screen and there's a wolf coming from between them. And Visitor 3 and the controllers, I guess, fucking leave. And Jake is like, thanks for backing me up, wolf man. And Marco the wolf says, you got it, pal. <sighs> but yay, wolves. We get the first wolf. Uh-huh. There is a wolf. I'm not 100% sure that it was a wolf or if it might have been a wolf dog. I don't know. I have no clue. It was cute. I liked it. I was so stunned by this scene that, like, I don't know that I actually retained any of the details, <laughs> really. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. They really fucked up the planes of existence. <laughs> yeah. The episode was good until we got to the observatory and had to deal with all At, this shit. Like, but overall, this was only like five minutes out of maybe six minutes out of this 22 minute episode. That's like, true. Overall, this is a very good episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it does. Not to cut to the end. It does end on a high note, I think. Um, yeah, for sure. I agree. So they're in the woods and they're standing on the shore of a duck pond. Axe is like, I failed in my vow. I'm no warrior. I am nothing. And Jake's like, don't worry, you'll have another chance. We all will. And Marco says, yeah, when you see your dad again, you'll have good news for him. Axe is like, I fear it will be a long time before I see him again. And Marco's really sweet. And he's like, just pretend you have a picture of him in your drawer and you can look at it anytime you want. It's like, he's Axe smiles at that. Axe says... I'm sorry about what I said before. We Andalites have no reason to believe we're superior. And then he goes on to explain what Ciro's kindness is, that Prince Ciro felt sorry for another race, gave them the power of space flight, and that race was the Yerks. Jake's like, so this is all the Andalites' fault? And Axe is like, yeah, that's why I couldn't tell you. And he starts walking away. Um, Jake and Marco are like, well, Ciro tried to help, and even though it went bad... It wasn't wrong for him to try. You don't stop trying just because something doesn't work out. You get more careful, but you keep trying. And Axe is like, wait, so you don't hate me? And Marco's like, just the way you eat. <laughs> God, I fucking love this. Um, Jake's like, we may not be your people, but we're your friends. Axe says, okay, well, from this moment on, all I have, all I know is yours. I may be an Andalite, but I'm a human too. And Jake says, you remind me a lot of your brother. And Axe says, thank you, Prince Jake. And Jake's like, Prince Jake, ugh. Let's go get ice cream. <laughs> and, and they start walking away. Marco starts telling a joke about an Andalite in an elevator. Um, and then as they're walking, Axe's narration plays over. And usually I summarize this, but I'm going to say it word for word because I really liked it. He says, humans say home is where the heart is. We Andalites have different hearts, but I know what they mean. I had my family, and now I have my new friends. I guess I was never lost, not really. All along, I was home. And they walk away into a flock of geese. They do. And in this flock of geese, there's so many baby goslings, I and I lost my fucking mind. Oh, I loved it and like all of these babies were going around and like they were older they weren't like little little goslings they were like probably a month old but like oh my god the um i was like dying the 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 version of the episode i was watching was not like the best quality so i couldn't quite tell what they yeah, were same. but i was like are those baby geese were i was like it was i was also watching a bad quality video but like as it started to happen, it, I was like, oh, a goose, oh, two geese, oh, a baby. So and then, like, more <laughs> kept showing up. I lost it. I was like, look at all these baby geese. But I was also confused because none of the geese were attacking them. No. Oh. You just have to be confident. <laughs> you have to move confidently through the geese. Yeah. That's all you got to do. And they, they'll just split. They're fine. <sighs> It's only the little children that run up and try to pet the geese and the geese get mad. Well, yeah, they'll defend themselves. But if you're just like moving through them, they don't, they don't care. Fucking care. They stepped in so much poop, probably. Oh, yeah, for sure. For 
show. They're just shit machines. They do poop a lot, but that's what happens when you eat something that you can't strip many nutrients out of. You have to eat a lot of it, and you have to eat it fast. Hooray! Geese! Yay! But yeah, I saw the geese, and I'm like, oh, I bet Alex is freaking out right now. At that precise moment that you were watching it, I was freaking out, because I knew in my heart that there were geese. I was sobbing about the friendship, and you were sobbing about the geese. (laughs) yes our priorities are different but we did it together (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the episode yep it was probably the best one so far no rachel though no cassie no well yeah that's why i have problems with it but like writing wise i think it was one of the best for sure except for the fight scene which just plummeted it in my you. The fight scene was bad. The the bending the the Draken beams was bad. Um, yeah. But like writing wise, I feel like it was pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. For show. So. For show. And again, shout out to Paulo, especially not just because Axe is my favorite, but because like this was a very Axe centric episode. And he did a great job with all aspects of Axe, and <sighs> I just loved it. I just loved it. Yeah, I'm starting to realize that, like, the parts of this TV show that I remember really well, it it's mostly Axe doing things like this. Like, the movie theater scene I remembered really well. <laughs> like, as soon as it popped up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I like I know everything that's about to happen here. This is awesome. And, like... I'm as I'm thinking out to like future episodes, like everything that keeps popping into my mind is like Axe doing stuff. So I think uh Paulo really owns it. He's great. He is. And he gets like no fucking credit. <gasps> well, since we're already rating characters, do you want to Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be shark because there we are only, only three, three characters. <laughs> yeah, we only have three to go. Uh half the cast today. We do. Let's go from uh, the like least amount of talking to the most. So we'll start with Jake. <laughs> <laughs> he was great. Uh, he was a good dad number one to Axe. And he was very supportive. But he, I liked that he was getting mad at Axe. Like, I liked that whole scene mm-hmm. where he was just like, what the fuck? Like, we trusted you and we you can't trust somebody who doesn't tell you anything and blah, blah, blah. Like, we, I, we haven't seen like mad Jake in a while. And I really liked that. Yeah, you know, now that you've said that, I'm really glad that they played that scene seriously mm-hmm. instead of like, what were you doing? Okay, it's fine. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that they had that conflict. Yeah, because that was really like the driving force in that book was the fact that Axe was being uh-huh. secretive and they weren't sure they could trust him. And they got yeah. really pissed when they found out the Andalites weren't coming because the Andalites were busy with the planets. Yeah. That was a huge blow to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The quality was not good enough to tell how sweaty he was, so I have no commentary <laughs> on the sweatiness of him. <laughs> but the last time he ran after the car in in the Rachel Cat episode, he wasn't sweaty then. He must have just been going through like some weird growth spurt that made him sweat a lot. I just it had to be intentional because I feel like in, in movies and TV shows, if somebody's sweaty, they have like a person that runs up and like dabs their face for them. At least that's what cartoons say. I mean, the only thing I even know about this has to do with when I was listening to a Glee cast thing once where they were commenting about the first episode. I think it was like some sort of bonus where like 
a few of the cast members and like Ryan, whatever his name is, yeah. were all like commenting on that first episode. And they kept talking about how whoever they hired to do like the sweat on them kept like fucking it up and like making it the weirdest patterns, like just on their neck and armpits and like a perfect like oval. And they kept talking about how fucking weird it was and how people don't sweat like that. Uh. And I've watched it like since like to see that and I don't get what they're talking about. Mm. I need to do like a side by side comparison to what I don't know, but whatever. Anyways, that's everything I know about sweat. In- <laughs> <laughs> that's, this is a podcast about sweat. Um, and babies. And babies, <laughs> sweat and babies. Uh, oh, I like I like Jake in this episode. I like Sean. I would give him both yeah. fives. Yeah, they're both gonna get fives for me, and Sean especially for all of the face work he did. Like yeah. he had fourteen different smiles, and each one of them communicated something so specific. Aww. It was a plus work, Sean. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about Marco and Boris. Oh my god, just some of the best delivery work so far and that's saying a lot because he's always just like killing it he is always killing it but my i'm gonna give you my two faves right now both of them are exasperation (laughs) and the one is with the don't eat the cardboard what are you doing (laughs) uh yeah and then the rest was just all within marco's dad's chili scene all of his exasperation there it was just fucking incredible oh my god the sci-fi but then the sweetness the sci-fi line though that killed me the sci-fi line was so good (laughs) oh god (sighs) the way that he just said nothing in this room is edible like spoke to me i told you a hundred times (laughs) oh but then he like just turned on this sweetness with like talking about the picture in the drawer and it was like just did so good with that too and like i just i love that monologue because it's like yeah we he has a point like you put something up on the wall and you just kind of forget about it but if it's in a drawer and you see it you're like oh like it's so fucking true like it is true and it like it really struck me as something that was like just quirky smart enough that it was absolutely like a marco thing yeah yeah like i remember last year when i wanted to fix my posture or maybe it wasn't Mm -hmm. last year it was the year before anyway i wanted to fix my posture and i printed out signs that said like straighten your back like fix your posture and i put them up all over my house and it worked for like a day and then after that i just didn't see them so that's that's what made me think of the, the picture in the drawer thing. I think what you should do <laughs> is change your text tone to Boris just saying, like, just sit, just up, sit straight. up straight, man. <laughs> and, then, and then every time you get a text message, you'll just hear that, like, just sit up straight, man. You'll be like, oh. That's such a good idea. <laughs> and then you'll be like, sucker, it worked. You fixed it somehow. <laughs> oh, my God. I should do that. You said you wouldn't help me, and then you did. <laughs> oh, God, that was even on topic, too. Yeah, yeah, because it was Boris who told me to sit up straight, man. Oh, oh I love it. Yep. But fives for Mark. Fives, Mark five, five, fives. <gasps> yes, they were wonderful. And then finally, 
We have Accent Palo. Five trillion thousand billion infinity. Holy shit. Five light years worth of stars. Oh my god. I just... Like, I don't even know if I have any more to say, because I've just been, like, sprinkling my joy throughout this episode, but just... It's so good. I don't... Yeah. I just... I don't know. It's just so charming. Uh, like, yeah. I just fucking love Axe as a character so much. Like, he's so goofy when he's in Human Morph, and, but it's just, there's so much more to him, too. He's just so complex, and he misses his family, and he's still, he's struggling with being superior, and, like, struggling with hum- human, both human culture and humans, like, being terrible to each other. And just, mm-hmm. his whole arc is just so fucking compelling, and I just love him so much. Me too. And I, his uh, voice work too, when he's, I don't, yeah. I don't know. And I don't really know if we ever find out if he's the one actually in the Andalite costume, but that doesn't matter. His voice work when he's doing the scenes as like in his Andalite form mm-hmm. is also incredible. Yeah. Like, he just kills it. Well, and it's so different from when he's in his Andalite form. Versus when he's in his human form. Mm. Like, we got a little bit of, like, he sounds like his Andalite form when he was being serious. But when he's being goofy acts, his voice takes on a completely different cadence from when he's just, like, speaking, like, yeah. in, a, in a more serious situation. And I just love that. And, like, I love that so much. And I think another part of that is, like, he's acts, and then when he, like... With the whole, like, when he starts to tell them something and then stops and says, like, I can't tell you that. It's very much a kid putting on a grown-up, like, this is serious kind of a voice. And I love that, too, because that just drives home the whole, like, acts as a kid just like these guys. And he's just playing at being the Andalite warrior. Yeah. Oh. And, yeah, I almost feel like he has, like, these mindsets when he's in his human morph that, like, I am experiencing the world and I'm like looking around wide-eyed in wonder and Mm -hmm. then when he actually has like something to focus on like something seriously emotionally grounding to focus on like oh talk about my family or talk about you know like the Andalites then that's when he like switches mindsets and his voice like changes accordingly you know what I mean yeah definitely oh precious son I wonder how much Paolo knew about the books and about the series before. Like, I wonder if that's a choice that he made, like, kind of on instinct and it worked, or if it's, like, something he kind of knew and thought about. Yeah. Oh. Mm. (laughs) I have this headcanon that, like, he was already a fan of the books and he was, like, collecting them and he he liked Axe and then he found out that they were casting for the TV show and he got to play Axe and he already, like, knew the character very intimately. That's probably not true, but I like to think that. I wish that's how it happened because that, like, I would love to think that he's making these choices consciously and because he's a fan and not because he just, like, found like the character and decided to do it in this way that happened to work out yeah even though somehow it sounds less likely i feel like it's the second option (laughs) where he just kind of stumbled into (laughs) (sighs) 
Five trillions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Five, 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 five. Ba, 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 ba. And then, yeah, nobody else. <laughs> nope, nobody else. Nobody else showed up. They were at some animal saving thing. Uh, or in a tree. I hope that during this whole thing, what they were doing was rescuing that red-tailed hawk from the car dealership, and Rachel was stomping cars, Aww. and Cassie was there. Aww. Or the circus book. Oh, yeah. The circus thing where Rachel's the elephant. Oh, yeah. See? Oh, yeah. Uh, all right uh well if you want to send me your conspiracy theories about what the girls and tobias were actually doing <laughs> while the boys were on this crazy adventure uh send that to anonymous at gmail.com or post it on facebook on the animal synonymous group or super secret super awesome fan group thingy which is the andalite bandalites which is facebook.com slash group slash animorphs anonymous or you can instagram it to me at animorphs anonymous or tweet it to me at animorphs anon uh i think that's all the places right uh you've got about the discord server that we have except that's my part so i don't blame you i'm just trying to segue (laughs) yeah we, we have a discord server um if you want access to that to amazing conversations and challenges and feelings with other Animorphs fans, uh, you can add us on any of our social media and we'll get you the link and you can come join the party. It's super great. It is. I thoroughly enjoy this Discord and it's very active, but not overwhelming, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. But what if I want to read something that's not a Discord, but that is maybe a graphic novel? (laughs) (laughs) Well... It's not a graphic novel yet, but I have a webcomic. It's called Beside You. Uh, you can go read that for free at bsideyoucomic.com. Or if you care to read some pages ahead and maybe see some bonus art exclusive, uh, you can subscribe to my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash kcdstudios. Uh, I, any... Any, uh, just even looking at my comic would just mean the world to me. So just go look at that, maybe? Please do. It's most excellent. And I, as a patron, get to see things ahead of time. And I appreciate it. And some of my favorite parts are the commentary on each page. And sometimes the struggle. And sometimes just the indignancy that, like, nobody reprimanded you for, but you're going to rail against us. Like, listen, I downloaded those fucking brushes and I'd do it again, <laughs> goddammit. And I'm like, nobody's saying you shouldn't. <laughs> but I appreciate that I'm kept on my toes. Oh, no. <laughs> it's wonderful so and I love it. <laughs> it's entertaining. Oh, no. <laughs> I love it. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. Um. If you want a more aggressive comic take, <laughs> boy, do I have a podcast recommendation for you. It's called From Cadmus to Crisis. It's, 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 it's a Superboy podcast. A S's, and S's. sometimes, oh, the is change every time. <laughs> I think traditionally it's Cadmus to Crisis, is, is, but play in the space a little. <laughs> play with me. Anyway, what's it about? Play with me. It's about Superboy and him in the 90s doing some crazy shit. And we just ended our um, Losing It run, which is where I got to play the awesome character Knockout, who is an exotic dancer turned superhero and then super not a hero anymore. And it was a thing. But now we're moving on from Losing It. Spoilers. Um, Well, not... eh? It's probably not what you think it is. <laughs> okay. 
And there's lava men who are made of lava and duty. And it's my favorite thing David's ever said in his whole life. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. So I'm sometimes an accidental third host. I know almost nothing, although I'm learning slowly. And you can watch that process unfold on Cadmus Crisis. Nice. That's what I have to say about that. Cool. Shall we go join our favorite friend Marco's favorite dad, Maurice, in his ice cream adventures. Oh my god, I would love that. Let's go eat everything in sight. Okay. With no regard to sharing with anyone else, because it's all about what we want. I love this brave new world we've entered, (laughs) and I'm ready to live in this space. All right. (laughs) Let us sleep. Goodbye. Goodbye.